De la patrulla de Minos de California. Weather headlines for today, yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the Revenue Generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. And I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today we're going to discuss account-based sales and marketing strategies. Joining us is Sherry Johnston, who is the account-based practice lead at Winning by Design. Winning by Design is the standard and go-to-market operating models for companies running recurring revenue models. Okay, here's my conversation with Sherry Johnson, the account-based practice lead at Winning by Design. Sherry, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Doug. Happy to be here. So glad to have you. Let's start up from the beginning. What is ABS and is there a difference compared to ABM? Good question. Yeah. So, you know, account-based strategy as we developed it is really unifying your entire go-to-market team around an account-based strategy. Account-based marketing originated from back in the day of sort of moving from a more targeted demand gen strategy. But as we've really seen in order to really move the needle, that team effort across go-to-market teams to unify who you're targeting, how you're orchestrating and how you're measuring is really where we see success. So we can really deliberately ensure that that sales and SDR teams and customer success teams feel involved in the whole process as well. Right. So ABS is the wrapper for other components. And we talked about really the essential nature of ABS in the sense that it can't just be about marketing, right? That's the ABM component. But there are other organizations that have to be participants in order to make any ABM or ABS motion successful. So that's SDRs, that's the sales organization, the marketing organization, and the CX organization. So help us understand, when does it make sense for revenue organizations to consider ABS And what does it not make sense? What does that look like when you're encountering a client and trying to help them understand whether or not it makes sense for them? A really simple answer and to just narrow it down is to really kind of look at your average deal size. So, you know, anywhere we typically see in the 25K and above average deal size, you you, you can start that kind of one-to-many account-based strategy where the unit economics typically makes sense to have a much more bespoke point go-to-market strategy around how you're acquiring those customers. Below that, uh, you know, you're typically looking at a more velocity-oriented demand gen strategy with a larger TAM. But the higher the volume you move up, the more appropriate account base is going to be. When we get into customers that we we help with, with the $2 million, $3 million ACVs, their TAM is small. You don't want to be going after everybody. You, you want to you know, really focus on those accounts that are going to really move the needle for you and, and understand how to attract, engage, and, and really convert those. Most of the, the customers we have are kind of in that sweet spot or have a variety of ACV ranges depending on the segment of customers. But it really starts to make sense typically around that 25K marker. 
So you're what you're recommending to the folks who are thinking about ABS right now is to first think about what's the average deal size, what's your ACV? And if your ACV is in that 25 range, then it makes sense maybe for a one-to-many motion. And then as you get to higher and higher ACVs, the nature of those motions change. So we started with one-to-many. What are the other motions that you typically look at and how does that scale depending on ACV? Yeah, and we use a framework to kind of help diagnose this. And at a very simple level, somewhere between the the 25 to 75K, we're looking at that one to one to many type of motion. 75 to that, you know, 150 Mil, uh, K range is, is one to few. And then above that is really where you want to have that one-to-one bespoke motion where you're researching accounts and having a, a tailored engagement strategy for those accounts uniquely to that amount of stakeholders and, and orchestration that's necessary to get into those very large deals. There's some nuances that we you know will look at in discovery to not oversimplify it. So for instance, companies that are really category creating, you may even need an account-based strategy at a lower price point. People are not going to be searching for you where, where you're getting that kind of typical inbound demand gen if you're kind of more of a category creating product. So there's some exceptions to that general rule, but I would say that, you know, is this a way to really see if account-based strategy is going to be something for you to look into, I think that's a great rule of thumb is to really look at your ACV and, and determine where you might fit in those one-to-one, one-to-few, or one-to-many bands. I'll say, you know, typically the, the most common ways I get interest of, of folks coming to me with, these are the problem pain points we're experiencing and where we think account-based can help is seeing really low conversion on their demand gen. They're, they're bringing in either the wrong accounts or you, they'll, they'll be doing very high cost demand gen programs that are, that are really yielding very small results. So that's number one. And then the other one that's very common is, hey, we've had a lot of success in mid-market. So that 25 ACV and below, but we want to move into enterprise and really need to understand how to set up our team for success for those larger deals. And not only from an acquisition, but also a retention and, and renewal standpoint. Sure. You said something really interesting in there, which, you know, it never occurred to me and I think maybe never occurred to a lot of our audience members today, which is that for some organizations, ABS might make sense out of the gate. And you, you talked about really no category. In my head are all the startups that are out there with fairly large ACV platform product prices, right? How do you go about creating a market, if you will? So do you have clients that show up and be like, hey, I'm not, I've got to create a market. I don't have a category. I have a high enough ACV. Help me out. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. You know, a lot of uh, tech companies fall into that range where they're really, you know, starting to build a market. And a key piece to that is really understanding where you have product market fit, what types of customers and the attributes of those types of customers that are going to be a good fit for your solution. And using that much more provocative customer acquisition approach where you may need to help them uncover the pain point that they're having and really starting very early in that sales cycle to uncovering how you can really be a solution for something they may not even realize that they need. Can I ask a question which might contradict itself? So bear with me for a moment, Sherry. But I think it's fairly important for us to understand how we go about deciding whether to do a one-to-one, a one-to-many, or a one-to-few approach. So we talked about ACV potentially as an anchor. We talked about 
being in a place where you could potentially not have a market and need to establish a market. So we covered some interesting ground. But what I'm really curious about is, and here's the contorted question, is there a typical set of things that occur for a one-to-one, or do you find each of those one-to-one engagements to be heavily customized? And then I would ask the same question about one-to-many. Do you see more commonalities in one-to-many? So yeah, even in the one-to-one, you know, obviously we, we do need to design things for scale at any organization, even if, if you're, you're doing a one-to-one. So a typical one-to-one motion that, that we partner with clients on is, you know, getting into that, that million dollar deal where you may need to, to actually focus on stakeholders and various business units. So that really requires that deep amount of account research, stakeholder research, looking at their business reports to understand what is happening in that company that may trigger a need for their product or service in order to make that business case. And so that, you know, one to, the one-to-one plays are often initiated and, and the main, what we call quarterback is on the sales side. So they're sales led plays, given the amount of account research and stakeholder mapping that's necessary. That's a function of a senior account executive. However, they are definitely repeatable and that they'll definitely be in sales plays that we look for what we call a critical event or a trigger that would trigger that play to happen and provide account executives a scalable way of repeating it on other accounts that may have that trigger. So, you know, an example in one-to-one is, you know, oftentimes expansion opportunities are great, great wins to look at a customer who's been happy for a year, who has a strong NPS score, and they have maybe opened up new opportunities to potentially expand into other business units within a large organization may trigger that that motion and play to where an account executive can reach out ask for an intro into that existing business unit and start that conversation and that expansion. So that's an example of how, you know, you can repeatedly use a one-to-one, even though it is very bespoke per company, but the frameworks and the messaging and and the motion can be repeated throughout. On the one-to-many side, obviously much more scalable where we're taking segments of customers that that might have applicable things in common. And for instance, they they may have oftentimes with our customers, they may use a certain type of use case or for a certain type of vertical. So that's a common one where healthcare may use it very differently than financial services and their pain points and the impact that you're providing is very different. So, but they still may, may have a large amount of customers, hundreds of customers within healthcare or that particular vertical that you can reach out to and and orchestrate that play. And so that, in that case, that's typically quarterbacked by the marketing team, because when you get into that hundreds approach, you're you're going to have to have a one-to-many message that reaches out to those organizations and, and won't have that tailored account research and stakeholder research unique to that organization. I think we've really created a great framework for people who are thinking about whether or not ABS is right for them, right? I think we've given them enough that they can go, yeah, I can, I can make an evaluation. But that's different from ABS readiness, right? So how would you recommend revenue leaders evaluate whether they're ready for ABS? Or is this a little bit like having kids? You'll just never be ready and you've got to make the leap. <laughs> well, great question. 
it is a big change management to to move to account based, especially if folks are used to the high velocity MQL type of measurement. In which case, it's it's sometimes quite a shift. You know, I would say the biggest factor is having alignment within the executive leadership team. So is your CMO on board? Is your CRO on board? And even then, it can be a pretty big change management effort. And I don't mean to scare people away from it, but but oftentimes we suggest starting with a, a segment of customers so that you can you can really build that trust and credibility within the organization that this is the right way to go. That by slowing down and making sure that you're much more relevant and much more targeted at your outreach can prove results. And then oftentimes what happens is that you know gaining that trust and credibility with the with that pilot can then expand into readiness throughout the organization to really move your whole measurement framework, your whole orchestration framework, and even maybe team design into to supporting account-based. But oftentimes, if that trust and credibility is not there with the executive team or even on the, the players, then it can really impact that change management that needs to happen with account-based. Really interesting. This is the place where we insert the boiling the ocean or eating the elephant metaphor, I think. And so what I'm hearing here is ABS is something that should not be lightly considered in terms of its impact organizationally. There's a lot of change that goes into that. So it's important that you start maybe with the tail or the trunk. Sorry for any elephant lovers out there today. (laughs) So I have to say, I think any of the folks listening today in sales and marketing and CX and products who has tackled an ABS initiative has fallen into a trap at some point, right? So we have a perception, no matter how much we Google, no matter how much we research and talk to peers, we fall into a trap. And I will tell you personally, the trap I fell into recently was tooling first. Worrying about tooling first. So I'm I'm wondering, are there other examples of traps people fall into with ABS? Like, are they just not prepared for change? Or are there dum-dums out there like me worried about tooling before we understand what the motions look like? Yeah, yeah. tooling is a common one. And and I definitely have a number of customers who have brought in X, Y, and Z tool to roll out account base. But without that strategy in place, they've just failed and they've had to rip it out and start with strategy. And then we put in tooling. So, you know, I come from a tools background. I was at demand base. So I'm a big tools fan. However, in in doing this for so many companies, it definitely starting with that strategy first and then scaling is really, really great approach and and really needed before you scale up any tools for sure. So definitely a common one. So you're not alone. The other one is moving just to channels right away. A common one is, oh, we, we, are doing account-based already. And so we dig into what does that mean? And they have sent direct mail to some executive and that is what is account-based. So I think moving to high value channels is often considered moving to account-based. It is a great component and can be a successful component to account-based, but really without the messaging, without the orchestration, without the targeting, unfortunately, a lot of folks fall short with account base by just using that one piece of of the puzzle. Well, you heard it, folks. There are the two traps to avoid. I'm sure there are others. Sherry, I've really enjoyed having you on the podcast today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Sherry Johnson, the account-based practice lead at Winning by Design for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Sherry and I are going to discuss ideal customer profiles and segmentation. If you can't wait until our next episode, 
and would like to learn more about Sherry Johnston, you can find a link for her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter, where her handle is at Sherry Johnston SF, or visit the Winning by Design website at winningbydesign.com. Just one link in our show notes I'd want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to RevGenPod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live on our show. And of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is at Market Advocate. And if you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app. We'll be back in your feed next business day. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself.